G'day everyone, my name's Lachlan Peary. Today I'm joined by AJ Creamer, a young writer who lives in Newcastle, Australia. His debut novel, A Decent Life, Stories of Time, the Broken and the Corrupt, was published in August last year during the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. It was remarkably prophetic for the time. The story is based in a world overcome by fear and tragedy with the glimpse of a post-apocalyptic world on the horizon. The story is told from the perspective of a couple out to right the wrongs perpetrated in society. But besides the mayhem, there's powerful imagery and psychological lessons with many interpretations of them. This novel addresses many issues most of us ponder, right and wrong, good and evil, just and unjust. The sequel to, it, to this novel, A Decent Life, Chaotic Whispers, is being released in July this year. And the final book in the series, a Decent Life 3, Sinners and Saints, will be released in December this year. Whilst writing these books and planning for future projects, AJ works as a part-time teacher after working for many years in the cooking industry and has his hands full as a full-time dad. So AJ, thanks very much for joining me today. Thanks, mate. It's a nice introduction. Um, so just before I jump into talking about the books, um, I just want to ask a couple of author-related questions. Um, to start off with, how old are you? And when did you first decide that you'd like to become an author? So I'm 39. Yeah, March is my birthday. So, right, yeah, just turned 39. Um, first become an author. Well, I always loved writing, you know, just even as a child. It was only recently when I, like, my job went back to three days a week and I sort of had the time to do it. Um, so probably about three or four years ago, something like that. Yeah. So before you started writing the um, Decent Life series, did you attempt to do any other stories? Oh, just songs, man. I love thrash metal and heavy metal and just wrote like song lyrics mostly, not even for a purpose, just because they're in my head. <laughs> yeah. So was there um, a particular genre of writing that you sort of were focusing on before you started Deciding, oh, I want to become an author. Um, I liked books like, have you ever read Ben Elton's Time and Time Again? I've heard of his name. He's got a few books. I've never read his other works, but um, that book I love and like Fight Club, stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, those sort of dark, like Quentin Tarantino-y type, type things. Not that he's an author, but, you know, that sort of work. Um, yeah, that, so not so much a genre. This, the first book, as you said, is like ends up in, in sort of post-apocalypse stuff. But usually I'd write to a theme, not so much a genre. Yeah. Did you um, ever consider writing under a pseudonym? As in for my name? Yeah. No, I want the credit, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. No, I, yeah, I mean, people said it to me. But no, no, I, I want to put my name on my work. Yeah. 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 So um, as you've been, your writing career's progressed, what's been your idea of literary success? Um, definitely my pre-launch went well. Like my first book has basically funded my second book. So that was a good good starting point for an independent author. Um, I don't know. I, it's a very, you know, as we're talking before the interview, it's a very difficult industry to gauge exactly what success is. Yeah. I would... For starters, I'd like to publish all my works, which would be something like 12 to 14 books. So that's something I want to do, but you know, that might be 
a 10 to 15 year type of goal. Yeah. Um, you know, that's financial stuff. Like if I could recover money that I have put in for things like lodging my business name, building a website, that'd be cool. But finance isn't really a like driving goal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I suppose peer recognition would be a thing. Like I really enjoyed, I got good reviews and competition. Like um, I haven't won, but like honorable mentions, just stuff like that. Yeah. yeah that's cool. Yeah. So how many hours a day do you spend writing and book marketing? Um, well, at the moment, book marketing is a solid zero, but writing just because I'm, I'm editing my second book. But, oh, I mean, a fair bit. I don't really watch Netflix or anything like that overnight. So probably, you know, two to three hours, something like that. Yeah. Sometimes more, sometimes less. Depends what I'm doing. Yeah. So do you yeah. have other authors that you're friends with and help become better writers and stuff? Just you, man. Uh, <laughs> no, no. I, um, I, there's another guy, um, Neil Pattinson, who's a local author. Um, so I'll just meet with him a bit, um, have a coffee. He's a good dude to have a chat with and just throw some ideas about. He's a local Newcastle guy. And another guy named Neil Pattinson. He's a little bit further off from Newcastle, isn't he? But um, talk with him a little bit. Just, yeah. It's good though. They gave me some ideas about like short stories, entering short story competitions, which I would never have done because I don't know, just hadn't thought of it. Yeah. Um, have you ever done any short stories? Um, no, I've always been geared towards longer stories. Um, me too. Yeah, yeah. I just got into them. I've got cut writing, you know, like scenes that don't quite fit. And yep. I'm like, I don't know what to do with it, but it's a good scene. So I turned one of those from this whole other story idea I had into a short story, but I can't say anything about it because one of the conditions of entry was that it's all anonymous because there's some weird equity clause. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, awesome. So final author-related question. If you could yeah. do something as a teenager or young adult to become a better writer, what would you do? If I could have done something when I was a teenager? Yeah. Uh, I was crazy as a teenager, man. I don't think anything yeah. could have really helped me. <laughs> um, and you know what, though? It helps now because being in really bad positions, like super low, like yeah, yeah. Yeah, no house, drug addiction, stuff like that. Yeah. So then, yeah. like, it's helpful now to know how low it can get. Yeah. And even though it's worse than that, it's still good to have that parameter, like life yeah. experience. Yeah. Um, awesome. So getting into the Decent Life series now, when and where did the idea for this series first germinate? Yeah, I'm not sure. People ask me that a lot, like at markets as well. Um, I'd always thought, yeah, I don't know. It's a very strange thing. Part of it is a philosophy degree I've done. Yep. Um, so there's no real purpose to knowing about philosophy except to know about philosophy. Um, and I just studied it because... I don't know, I enjoyed it. Mm. And so that definitely weighed in more sort of halfway in the book to the end. But a lot of the start part I just wrote myself and I didn't really, I don't know, just enjoyed writing it. So I did. And then I was reading it and I thought, oh, this is all right. I should probably do something with this. Yeah. Um, but then I, I didn't like the ending at all. So I chopped nearly one third of the book out, which as you'd know as an author is a pretty, pretty drastic thing to do um but the 
part that I changed is just so much better. Like it's not even, it isn't even comparable. Yeah, yeah. So did you um, plan out these books or did you just sort of sit down and let your creative mind rip? Yeah, I've definitely done both. Um, I have some that's, this, the first book's kind of a mix of both. So I definitely started with just, just flow state writing and see where it went. And that was awesome. But then the second book, because they are like, um, the second book's like nine nine stories that kind of interweave oh, and yeah. they're in different locations. Yeah, so that I had to plan out. Like, like, I just had to plan the arcs out. Even just weird stuff like what clothes they're wearing and what weapons they have at what time. Like, it just it's just too much information to recall yeah. you know, off the top of your head. Yeah, I find um, that. Um, so well, is there any particular writers or artists that you look to while writing the Decent Life series for inspiration? Well, definitely, man. So music, like massive music fan. So um, like groove metal, like Lamb of God, you know, Pantera, obviously huge influence. And all your thrash bands like Megadeth and Testament. So they're like lyrical content and their style, huge inspiration mixed with, um, yeah, like Fight Club, like I said. Yeah. And, um, they're probably the main two, like probably more movies, like Quentin Tarantino's sort yeah. of that weird quirky thing happening. Yeah, that, yeah, just different. What would you say, like alternative artistic expressions? Yeah. And really strange one, but I also am a massive permaculture gardener and that influences what I do a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's a nice mix. Eh? You got permaculture and then you got this sort of heavy metal. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> on opposite ends of the spectrum one's calm and the other's not so <laughs> um how do the books in um the decent life series relate to certain characters um reappear in each book yeah so the first book focuses around two people it's essentially a vigilante thing the first one um, and the second book one of the characters who's a police officer in the first book ends up in like a dystopian thing but their career as a police officer is, is pretty much irrelevant yeah. um and yeah there's uh i mean pretty much nine different stories that interweave yeah and they end yeah it comes to a point but i can't sort of say what the point is or it, it wrecks the whole book yeah yeah sweet so tell me yeah. a little bit about the characters that you created for the series did you model them around everyday people um were they sort of all very fictionalized? No, they're all centered around different themes. So, like for example, um, resilience or anxiety or aggression or self-belief. Yeah. Um, and so the thing chaotic whispers, that means it's all about like thoughts. And if you can control your own thoughts, um, you should be able to control your own actions, which is obviously quite difficult. And then there's like a triangulation between thoughts, belief, and action. And that's if those things don't align, then that's where the chaos part comes in. And those people represent different chaotic elements of that triangulation. Yeah, yeah. So this is sort of um, along the same lines, but can you tell me a little bit about your themes in the books? Um, what types of feelings are you trying to sort of evoke from the characters in the storyline of this series? Yeah, so definitely things like... Um, like it's hard to express it, but say that you believe something or I believe something, it's not that you're correct and I'm incorrect. Like we could see the same event and interpret it in a different way. Yep. And like, who knows what's correct or not correct. And yep. of course people say, 
like God, God becomes a very common thing. People go, oh, it's, you know, it's God. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Like how would, how would you actually know? Like, yeah. 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 In, in like an empirical sort of concrete way. It's, you know, you can't, you can't put that in there. And so it's a, it's a bit of an abstract thing, but I wrote um, from the numbers 2218, which is a biblical reference. But then I drew like, I think there ended up being nine different elements to that for each nine characters that rely on those numbers to like make sense. Oh, and it's not that one's, yeah. And one's not right or wrong. It's just like whether you think it is or not. Mm. So it took me ages to write. Like it was really hard. Yeah. 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 So in terms yeah. of um, audiences, have you had certain people that you've been drip feeding parts of your books? Yeah. I was just so far off in this category. I thought it would be like guys, like men around the age of 30. And I just have no clue at all because it was like women around the age of 50. Yeah. That's my main audience. And it's like book one's really violent. Yeah. Like, like execute a pedophile, chop his, chop his cock off and stuff. And it's like, I didn't know like ladies read that. You know, what do I know? They messaged me. Oh, I love this. All right. So, yeah, what do I know? <laughs> so like, now I'm just really, really scared of like middle-aged women. Yeah, you never really know what they like. Um, so, <laughs> shouldn't have said that. <laughs> so, did you find you sort of you've changed as a person while you've written this series, or was there sort of new things that you discovered about writing the process? Definitely, just my actual writing skill got way better. Yeah, like well, like just efficiency of words and like just delivering those punchlines rather than rambling um, and just it's, it's I suppose it's an odd thing to express but just putting one line that's perfect rather than three lines that continually reinforce the same theme um, that was definitely one big thing but another weird things happen where I kind of got like you go into that world as you would have done with yours I'm certain you spend a lot of time in your own head looking at the whatever it is the trees or the conversation or you do this weird thing where you're like acting out, oh, how would their face be? And you do these weird facial expressions and then write it. Yeah. But I kind of got nearly sick of the world because I was in it for too long, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was, a, that, that was a weird thing. That, that's, so I just write multiple titles now. I jump around from one to another. And that, that, I never lose motivation then. So I know from experience that writers, you know, they go through that period of self-doubt. How have you overcome this and continued on writing this series? Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> I just, yeah, just, uh, just hope. It's about it. I don't know. It's just like as we're talking about before, before the interview. It's just a very difficult field, and I suppose for me, like in all seriousness, I just set the lowest perimeter and the highest perimeter, and then gauge my success off that. Yeah. So. Like I accept, you know, maybe maybe I fail as an author. Like I don't know, maybe I will, but maybe you know, you get picked up by a huge publisher and your book gets made into a Netflix series. Like it happens. Who, yeah. who knows, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I forgot your original question. Sorry, what was it? I was just um, mentioning self doubt as um, a writer, well, even as an artist. Um, this is probably just a statement by me, but you know. I've, my, my brother's an actor and I'll, there's always this um, 
um, feeling of self-doubt in the arts industry because it's so, you put so much effort into it and then you just, sometimes you just do not get that recognition. And um, I often say to my brother, like, you know, I prefer to be like one of these hobo actors on the streets in LA and committed my life to trying to fulfill this dream than not trying at all. You know what I mean? Do you want to? Definitely. My mindset is just, you know, just do it or don't do it. And just, you know, and because I love it so much. Hey, it's, um, yeah, it's just uh, it's how I apply myself to it. I definitely agree. Like one, I love writing. So the actual writing part is no, I just would do it anyway, even just for like therapeutic reasons. Yeah. So that's no, that's kind of removed for me. Same as you said, but yeah, of course I do think too, like why would people listen to me? Of course. Yeah. Like why would they invest their time to read my book? But I think that's normal. I just think that's like, that's just the opposite of arrogance. It's just being normal to me. Yeah. 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 Oh, the same sort of question, but have you been finding stepping out and letting the world know, hey, I'm an author, look at what I'm doing, guys? Yeah, with difficulty. Mm. There, um, as most authors, man, like I, I tend to keep my private life very private, so I don't, I'm not very extroverted, yeah. um, in terms of like my private time. So, but like that's what it is, so I just do it. Like, thankfully, from martial arts, I fought fought people before and had like jujitsu matches and stuff like that so obviously that's not comfortable either if someone can kick you in the face like that's not fun but you know like being able to do that makes this a lot easier yeah yeah yeah. so going through the um self-publishing process in the last year or so what would you say would be your top tip for anyone looking to become an author and start down this journey yeah i'll definitely there's a few things I would do if if it was me, I would have multiple titles lined up. If your aim was to publish multiple books, yep. I'd have them ready to go before I'd done book number one. That's one thing I would say. And yep. definitely build your audience. That'd be the second, the second thing. Like don't try and do it as you're going. It's sort of like what you're doing now, like build up a good solid following to start. Yeah, yeah. So finally, I'd love for you to share with people how they can get in contact with you and get a hands-on copy of your books. Yeah, so just I've got my own website, which is AJ Creamer. Everything under my name is AJ Creamer. Yeah. Exactly like this. Sweet. Um, And you can find my website or obviously Amazon, and I'm on all the social medias like Twitter and Instagram, Facebook. So, yeah. All right, awesome, AJ. That that should do us for now, but... um... We'll do another meeting again and um, as we get closer to your launch date. Sounds good, man. All right, awesome. Cheers.